0: Uh, Mr. John Hartwell, the Athletic Director for Utah State Athletics, joins us here on the Full Court Press. John, thanks for joining us. Good to have you.
1: Yeah, good to be here, guys. How are y'all this afternoon?
0: We're doing well, thanks. Uh, Hey, quick question for you. Uh, Reports yesterday said that Boise State was uh, looking to have fans uh, at their games for uh, next week's series, or at least for Game 1 against the Aggies. Uh, Did you guys fight that, or how did that process go? How did you hear about it, and what was your response?
1: Yeah, we were we were asked about it. Uh, uh, I guess it was two nights ago. Well, I had a message, and then I got an email request, uh, and as did UNLV, who was playing there this week. And and at the end of the day, it wasn't about not being around fans. Our our challenge, uh, you know, just as everybody in our league and everybody around the country is facing, you know, it it made no sense at all for us to go to Boise to play in two different arenas. I mean, again, we're, we're trying to to stay as protected and as much, I mean, I know that's an overused term, but in the bubble as possible. And, and you know, I understand their desire to have fans, and, you know, they, they were asking to play in Nampa, which obviously is a different county, different guidelines, but it made absolutely no sense to us to say, hey, we're going to go and play Wednesday night in one arena, just so we can have some fans and then we're going to go play, uh, at the extra mile arena on, on Friday night. And we just said, and, uh, you know, I, I, talked also to, to UNLV about it and both of us just said, no, that, that, that makes no sense.
2: Uh, John, let me ask you what, what's that relationship like with the conference on those types of, of discussions? Does the, Does a conference uh, involved. Do you have discussions with the office there in in Colorado Springs, or is it just kind of left up to each team to figure this out?
1: Well, they, they help to, to facilitate the conversations. And and at the end of the day, you know, a request like that, I mean, if it was to change, you know, a tip time from 7 PM to 6 PM or something like that, um, you know, there we have a, a process to go through to do that and, and, you know, normally no no problem with stuff like that, but a total t- change in the venue um, a week out and, and a venue that uh, has not hosted any. Co- they've hosted some events in there uh, since COVID began, but no collegiate events. And and clearly, the guidelines and and restrictions are uh, you know significant and and different. Uh, you know, probably more stringent in, in collegiate athletics than in say. You know, a knife show, or you know, some of the other things that they've had in there. Um, so, uh, it, we just did not think it was a good idea. Um, and and you know, we let uh, Boise know that. As UNLV, let them know that too. And uh, so so those both of those games next week will be at uh, Extra Mile Arena.
0: John, you got to feel for this USU men's basketball team, and even the women's basketball team as well. They've had three games canceled now, uh, or postponed, I should say. The men's now have had three games postponed. They've played one game in three weeks. Uh, How tough has it been for Craig Smith, his staff, and the players? Uh, And how can these games get made up, or can they be made up, in that open week after the regular season?
1: You know, Ajay, uh, if I could sum it up, I would just say it's a grind. It's a grind on the coaching staff. It's a grind on the players. Uh, it's it's a grind on administration. I I have uh, spent uh, a significant number of hours yesterday and today trying to help them find another game. I mean, we were trying to find another game to play uh, Friday night. We you know uh, preferably a home game, uh, uh, and and we would have to play it Friday night because we have a home gymnastics meet on Saturday. Uh, but even you know looked looked at the opportunity to potentially even go on the road, and it, it's been. It's been a grind. I mean, obviously, doing doing things—you know—forty-eight hours out from a game or so is is tough enough. But then the COVID restrictions and you know uh, teams coming from different states and you know it—you um, know clearly our team wants to play. You know, when we go to play uh, in Boise next Wednesday, uh, that will be only our second game in a twenty-one day stretch. Uh, so that's you know not. Ideal, um, but you know we'll we'll figure it out. But at the same time, as you know, Craig and I have had multiple conversations, and you know there's there's frustration there. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you know, we for the sake of competition, uh, we we can't risk you know further COVID exposure because it's not just a team that you're playing, but hey, who has that team played in the last 48 hours uh, as well? So. Uh, it, is, it is a matrix that uh, changes by the hour, and uh, is not easy. But but at the same time, you know, and and Craig is totally focused on this, and we're all focused on this. Hey, what gives us the best opportunity um, to stay safe, to be successful, and to all? It's it's all about making it to Indianapolis, and uh, you know, come come this time next month.
2: So if I, if I ask, John, what kind, of, uh, what kind of percentage would you put out there on the likelihood of a game still happening this week?
1: Uh, I'd put it between slim and none now. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you ask me enough. a couple hours ago, we still had a couple of things we were working on. I, I say slim and none. I should asterisk that because we don't know here in the next two hours. You know, A lot of teams are testing literally every day what may pop up and, and somebody that was scheduled for a game. Um, Here, here's one, you know, uh, Idaho State is scheduled to play Idaho. If all of a sudden two hours from now Idaho comes back and says they can't play for whatever reason, then, yeah, we'll we'll call our friends in Pocatello to see if we can't figure something out. But I I just think, you know, within a 48-hour window, it's going to be really difficult unless it's, you know, somebody in really close proximity.
0: Uh, John, I know I asked you this last March, and I just wanted to follow up on it. Uh, we had asked about Craig Smith if there was a chance that we could get an extension put together. Has there been an extension put together, and for how long is that, if I may ask?
1: Yeah, so so we put together a, an extension that was uh, signed back before the new year, uh, and and really what it did is uh, uh, it basically even at the end of this year he'll have five more years left on his deal. It was really a six-year deal. Um, we you know we really didn't because there were so many other things going on. We really didn't publicize it, but, but obviously, uh, you know, <laughs> we believe in Craig and, you know, every day, literally, uh, that guy amazes me, you know, and, and, uh, just some dialogue between he and I and he and I are both kind of late night people. So we, we often have conversations via text or on phone calls, you know, late, uh, you know, 1130 midnight when most other sane people have gone to bed, but, uh, <laughs> Anyway, you know, I, I just I sent him a text the other night just thanking him because his, you know, being able to navigate all of this, uh, you know, the positivity of that guy is unbelievable. He, he's a guy that even if given lemons, he makes lemonade. And that's infectious. That's infectious to his staff. That's infectious to his players. That's infectious to everybody. And, and you know, there's there's that. Quiet confidence. Well, I I can't use the word quiet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that no, that's that's not even realistic. But there's that confidence, you know, and and the guys, his staff believes in him. His student athletes believe in him. Even when we get down, there's never a sense of, of panic or anything because he handles everything in such a positive manner, and that that's been great through this because it's. Like I said, it's it's been a grind, um, but you know he he's let's plow through, let's plow through even I mean we are on the phone thirty minutes ago when probably what it, this date and hour was probably our last opportunity for for Friday kind of fell through, and he said, hey, we'll we'll figure this out, let's go. So I mean it you know obviously uh, not not the ideal situation, but he he's always uh, let's plow through it and let's make the best of it.
2: USU Director of Athletics, John Hartwell, joins us here on The Fan. And uh, I, I want to get back to something that Ajay brought up. I don't, it, we kind of got off on a few other things, but when it comes to that open week for basketball and trying to make up games, how does that work for Utah State? Now, three games will need to, that weren't on the schedule that will need to be made up. Clearly, you can't play three games in one week. So how does that work on trying to fill those games and, and who ultimately decides what games get played and, and where?
1: Yeah, that that's a great question. So we continue to have at least twice weekly ads calls. Uh, the regularly scheduled days are are Monday and Thursday, but we we've <laughs> had them more frequently since then. But uh, I believe all eleven basketball playing athletic directors in our league and, and the conference office are all in agreement that that the overall arching or the overarching philosophy has got to be you know when we go to make up games not every game is going to be able to get made up but we've got to make up games that give us the greatest opportunity to have the most the maximum number of teams advance to ncaa play and again no, nobody knows uh you know Uh, what the outcome of those games is going to be in advance, but what makes the most sense? Does it, you know, does it make sense for a top 50 when when there are choices to be made? And you make a great point. uh, It's not realistic that we're going to make up three games in the, in the last week of uh, uh, in this, you know, that cushion week, if you will, but what games give Utah state and give the mountain West the best opportunity to have the most teams uh, in Indianapolis, you know, obviously our AQ, the, the automatic qualifier, goes to the winner of the tournament. But you know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have a top fifty net team, which we've currently got four of those, to be playing somebody that's a two fifty or two seventy five or three hundred net. Winning that game, home on the road, neutral site, wherever, that's not going to do anything to move the needle. What's going to do things to move the needle? Is to try to make up games that are against the highest RPI teams, and and quite frankly, that could change significantly over the next ten days. So, I shouldn't say we're in a holding pattern, but we collectively, as the Mountain West membership, kind of in a holding pattern right now. And I think as we get to the middle or towards the end of next, um, you're you're going to see, um. You know, some scenarios played out to see uh, which ones of those games are the most important to to make up.
2: And just as a quick follow up to that, there's clearly there will be teams uh, in the conference who have, uh, will will not have played the same number of games. So the seeding for the conference tournament itself, will that just be based on winning percentage within conference to determine the the, the seeding and how that works?
1: Well, there's about a four-page document that we, that we have gotten that's uh, uh, that goes into the depths of those tie-breaking things, and it's not uh, it's not necessarily winning percentage per se, especially if you've got uh, teams that are tied. Uh, it's a pretty elaborate formula, but it's one that. Uh, so oh, I guess it may have even been before we even started conference play. So back in December, sometime uh, that the athletic directors uh, worked in, in conjunction with the league office to to develop and and then ultimately to uh, to give the blessing to. So, but yeah, it, it is uh, you know it, if there's one or two games difference, usually the winning percentage, uh, you know, in terms of total number of games played. Uh, usually uh, that works out, you know, decently. It's when you have a five or six game variance in the total number of games played uh, that it could really get tricky.
2: Uh, Last question for me, and uh, before we let you go, non-basketball question here. Uh, We're seeing that gymnastics is a top 25 program. Uh, Some track and field uh, sports are... Highly rated right now for Utah State. Uh, volleyball normally happens in the fall. It's happening now. Uh, how is the, the athletic department handling uh, some of these other... I mean, basketball gets highly publicized for how COVID comes into uh, and affecting games and competition and practice. But how is it working out with some of these other sports and these other programs at Utah State Athletics?
1: Yeah, uh, obviously a busy spring semester. 15 of our 16 sports... Are uh, in season, if you will, in terms of competition, and, and the 16th being football. Obviously, they're busy with uh, and, training. and then we'll uh, kick off. Um, they'll kick off spring practice here literally in about a month. I think it's March 15th. So uh, you know, we we test. Uh, you know, and, and the NCAA has has set up various uh, levels of risk high, moderate, and low based on the sport. Uh, fortunately, a lot of our outside sports are moderate to lower risk. So really, uh, basketball, uh, men's, women's basketball, and volleyball are our um, you know, only sports that are required right now to test three times a week. But with all the testing going on, with all of the, the games and practice going on, uh, our sports medicine staff, Mike Williams and his staff, who do an outstanding job, uh, <laughs> they, they, are, uh, they don't have a whole lot of spare time, nor do you know, our facilities guys, guys like D.J. Ekman or uh, Doug Hoffman and his staff. So uh, we, we've got a lot of moving parts right now, uh, knock on wood uh, outside of basketball in uh, and, and these recent three games. Uh, we haven't had anybody else lose competitions yet, but, but inevitably, you know, and, and that's, uh, that, that's some of the advice that we've given to our coaches and our student athletes. You just got to kind of roll with it. Inevitably, you know, uh, probably every sport this spring that is competing is going to get touched by, you know, a a canceled game or a postponed game or match, uh, due to COVID, whether it's us or, or the, our opposition, it's just, uh, uh mathematically almost impossible for that not to happen based on, uh, you know, the number of, of infections there still are. You know, the good news is uh, we're trending downwards uh, in the total numbers in Utah and in Cache Valley. And uh, hopefully in the near future, sometime before the end of the spring semester, we can get our, uh, you know, uh, our student athletes and our coaches uh vaccinated and, and so I, I think we're trending in a positive direction. But we're we're not out of the woods uh in, in this yet. And and if you would have told me uh, eleven months ago when this whole thing started that we would still be in the predicament we are now I it's probably better. I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, last question for hey, me, uh, John is: you got a chance to celebrate uh, Coach Hart's birthday. A little bit of a small celebration, but with you and your family. Uh, can you talk about the impact that Coach Hart's had? I know that they haven't. They don't have the records she was open for, but the impact he's had, at least in a positive way, upon these players.
1: Yeah, you you talk about uh, positive energy, and uh, you know it's almost a trifecta in the in the Estes. Um, and the Estes facility with Rob and volleyball and Craig and men's basketball. And obviously Kayla, all three of those coaches, high energy, highly positive, Uh, you know, and and again, uh, our, our volleyball team uh, in two matches against Wyoming last weekend, you know, in that, that first match on Friday against a Wyoming team that has finished, you know, second in our league, I think the last two years, really good, and our volleyball team came out and and played really well, did did not get the end result they wanted, but you can see them trending in the positive direction as you can with with women's basketball. And you know that's part of part of the job as an athletic director and administrator, especially when you have a first time head coach that that is so and they're so competitive and so driven. and that's part of the reason why, they've been successful as an assistant coach and I know they'll be successful as a head coach. You just got to sometimes, you know, love them up a little bit and and tell them, Hey, it's don't, don't worry about it. It's trending in the right direction. And so, you know, that that's uh, that's all part of it, but you know, both Kayla and Rob doing a great job. Yeah. We Kayla's birthday is today. And uh, they were leaving today to go to Wyoming uh, and, you know, being a, a South Louisiana Cajun, and my wife makes some of the best gumbo on the planet. Uh, she cooked gumbo, and, and we had some, some king cake since next Tuesday is uh, Mardi Gras Tuesday. Uh, we had a, had a king cake uh, flown in from New Orleans. So, yeah, she got a little, nice. a little down home.
0: <laughs> That's well, Mr. awesome. Mr. Harwell, we thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate you. Best wishes, and stay safe.
1: Guys, thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right. All
0: right thank you.